This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to Monday's edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Your New York Yankees are five series into the 2023 season. They have not lost one. No series losses. Is that, do you get a trophy for that? No. I hear the haters already. Is it impressive? Yeah. They do it by the skin of their teeth a little bit. Yep. Eight no in games that could have potentially lost them series. They lost the first one in Cleveland and Baltimore. They won the next two. They won the next two uh, against, uh, you know, our, our friends, the Minnesota Twins over the weekend. That could have been an absolute disaster. It ends up being a series split that no one will really remember, except for some pretty uh, big time discussion points, flashpoints, highlights. That was uneventful four game set. And then of course they win the rubber match against San Fran and Philly eight. No uh, living on the edge. No way to go through life all year long, but so far so good for the dinged up Yankees who are 10 and six without their best roster. And I'm pleased to welcome Thomas Carinante back to the show. Talk about these New York Yankees, uh, Johnny Brito the rotation, John Carlos Stanton, uh, who we, well, we're not going to see him for quite a long time. The Yankees, who might get knocked off the roster in upcoming roster shuffles, feels pretty simple across the board, but there's obviously a pretty big flashpoint with the third name. We'll talk about Domingo Herman's sticky stuff situation and Garrett Cole, who has shaken off the sticky stuff to somehow become underrated, put up probably his either best or second best start as a Yankee yesterday, depending on how you feel about that Houston game. I personally felt... It looked a little better yesterday, but we'll talk about all of that. Uh, Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show, the show that can be found Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time, YouTube, live streaming, or on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, after the fact. Uh, and you're you're coming back to the show with a special, uh, a special you are returning promo for the fans that, that probably wouldn't have been here if you had not come back. This is all because of you. It's true. Uh, I'm back, folks. Uh, I had a little bit of a dog bite incident. I tried to break the dog fight. Please don't do that. Um, don't. Boo. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna say it, and then you I just. I it. I give the baton to you, and you're like, "Hey, I had a. I got bit by a dog." Yeah, and I, I, I appreciate that. I got in the middle of a dog fight. Very stupid. Tried to be a hero. Um, I'm not the hero. I'm now the loser. Did anyone miss me? Did anyone was like, "Where's that asshole that's you're co-hosting with? Where'd yeah. that guy go?" Everybody, um, did you not see all the where's the asshole comments on, on last week's show? <laughs> and I was like, right here, baby. But right apparently here. they meant you. <laughs> you were doubling as me, too. You're we like, hey, yeah. we still got both here. Um, yeah, but anyway, folks, we have we have a betting promo for you. Uh, it's from our friends at DraftKings. It's for the folks in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Usually the Yankees fans. You guys know where your head's at. It's in a good place. Uh, if you head on over to DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app, you punch in the code YanksGoYard dot, uh, or just YanksGoYard as a first-time user. Um, if you bet $5 on any sport, you get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. Again, DraftKings.com or download the app, code YanksGoYard. Bet $5 on any sport, get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. we got plenty of baseball. There's a lot of golf. we got NBA playoffs. Um, if you need any betting advice, you can obviously hit up us. Uh, we know a little bit about that. But, um, you know, my advice, it's you don't get too drunk when you're betting. You just do a little few micro bets adam's favorite and you have a little fun with it make it manageable um so terms and conditions here it's a minimum five dollar deposit and wager required new customers only 21 and over and must be present in new york new jersey or connecticut gambling problem if you're in new york call 8778 hope ny or text hope ny if you're in new jersey call text 1-800-GAMBLER if you're in connecticut call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat see full terms at draftkings.com or in the description below uh much appreciated guys this type of stuff supports the podcast it helps us um keep uh, chugging along keep getting you the content that you want so um please utilize the code uh and happy betting five dollars to get that 150 so get after it it also supports the podcast if you're interested in learning more about the history of the yankees we have an exclusive offer for you 25 percent off marty appel's newest book pinstripes by the tail uh, he was the Yankees PR maven in the 70s, was around George, was around Billy Martin, was around Thurman. Reggie Jackson knows this team inside and out. That book is available at triumphbooks.com slash pinstripes by the tail, T-A-L-E. And if you use the code YANKS25, that's YANKS25 at checkout, we get you 25% off on that book. That's valid 
until June 30th. You got another couple of months there if you want to read the book. Uh, but we will uh, write the book of the 2023 Yankees. It's still unwritten. We don't know the ending. Uh, but we do know that some of the 2023 Yanks will be leaving us relatively soon. Uh, we're not healthy. We never will be. Saw a lot of people bragging about how this team isn't even complete yet, and yet they're 10-6 and six on the year, and that is plenty satisfying. But uh, when are they going to be complete? Ever? This team has not been complete in five or so years. It's just a matter of how incomplete they're going to be. Um, and Giancarlo Stanton going down, we'll talk about that sort of inevitable loss uh, in a little while down the line, but they've survived Stanton injuries before. They'll have to do it again. This will not be the last injury of Giancarlo Stanton's contract. Uh, the losses of Luis Severino and Carlos Rodon have been the most impactful so far, I would argue. The second they get those guys back, they're upgrading Clark Schmidt, Johnny Brito, and Domingo Herman spots with uh, two all-star level ace-type pitchers. No matter what you think of Severino, he has an ace peak right now. Carlos Rodon was the reason this year was supposed to feel different, and we haven't even seen him yet. Rodon, the back stiffness knocked him back a little bit. Not much. I still think we see him in mid-May. He will not be, it would seem, one of the first three people to come back. That would be Josh Donaldson, who comes back in a couple of days, Harrison Bader, who starts a rehab assignment this week, reportedly, and Luis Severino, who's throwing at a higher intensity than Rodon. And May 1st, just a couple of weeks away, sort of feels like a potential uh, date to eye for his return. Maybe he goes on a rehab that week instead, and he's back the next week. Either way, we're going to have to get two position players off this roster for Donaldson and Bader unless things go catastrophically wrong. And then Severino, soon to follow, um, I'm not sure where you stand on this, but they called up Oswald Peraza for Giancarlo Stanton yesterday. He has not played yet, didn't play yesterday. The Yanks are off today. Good to catch a breath. Um, when Josh Donaldson comes back, I'm actually having a tough time deciding if they're going to lower Peraza back into the minors after being here for three days, which would definitely make me go okay great what was the point of that or if they are going to keep him around for a little while donaldson insurance and end the yankees career of willie calhoun uh i don't know how you uh how you stand on this but either way i think those are pretty clearly the two names at the chopping block and the stand injury makes this a little bit easier yeah i would agree with those willie calhoun um has had some opportunities um it's it's largely been hit or miss the la over this last weekend it's been a lot of miss um and he's obviously not a long-term player you have franchi cordero who's pretty much solidified himself as a member of this roster going forward um they've i don't know if they've unlocked it or he just magically turned it around and decided to be the new matt carpenter but either way he's saying um yeah i think peraza goes back down the only you know, we have a big infield log jam right now and it's working out nicely. You're moving DJ all over the place. You're moving IKF all over the place. Um, you got Glaber and, um, and uh, Volpe up the middle, which has been, I think, excellent. Uh, regardless of Volpe's offensive output, I honestly don't care about that. His defense has been a breath of fresh air. He's as smooth as can be. Um, and you still have his speed on the base paths, which brings inherent value. Um, I'm going to go crazy here because I went crazy with the opening day roster prediction. I said Volpe would be here opening day. He's here opening day. I'm saying Hicks is gone. When the decision comes, I don't, I, he's got to go. Um, it's reached the point. You all watched the game yesterday. If you didn't watch the reruns, um, he's getting showered with booze every single time he does something unproductive, which is almost every time um, he's already gotten 22 uh, or 23 plate appearances this year, sitting 136 with a 310 OPS and negative 12 OPS plus. Um, not sure what else uh, the Yankees need to see out of this experiment. Um, they Even have if you're not an advanced stats yeah. guy, negative 12 OPS plus sort of speaks for itself. You don't, you don't want that. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that. Um, he has a 174 on base percentage. For, so for all the folks who love to say that Aaron Hicks uh, spits on curveballs right outside the zone, um, he hasn't been doing that whatsoever. And look, I heard the broadcast talking about this. It's a great point. It was one. It was in one of the post games. Um, I think it was the day game on who they played the day game last week. 
They finished uh, the 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 midweek Cleveland game. Yeah, when, that I one. mean Hicks Hicks had his footprint all over that fucking game. The yep. first inning, you got three bloops his way, and he went one for three. Where a competent yeah. center fielder goes three for three easily. Exactly. Uh, there was a bloop the other day too, that or yesterday that like he's just there's no instinct out there. Yesterday, um, Garrett Cole, I mean, he, he throws, we'll talk about him yeah. the whole second half of the show, but he, th- he throws a two-hit complete game shutout. One of the hits was a fly ball lofted in Hicks's territory. Can he catch it? I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, can Aaron Hicks catch it? No. Can a left fielder catch it? Maybe. But he doesn't even break forward. He just stands there and waits for it to drop. And toss it. it was the first hit of the game. It's glaring yeah. when that's the case. I feel like he's always running laterally and he never has any conviction with reading, you know, the reading the the balls off the bat anymore. Um, but Jack Curry made a good point. You look at a role this Chapman who's pitching well in, in Kansas City, um, and they were saying that a lot of the issues that he had in New York, probably towards the tail end, were psychological. Um, because the fan vitriol was there, the pressure to perform was there, and Chapman lost it. It's hard to get it back when you lose it in on a big stage like this. Hicks has lost it for a while. Um, at this point, um, I think the Yankees know what the stakes are. They can't be carrying someone like this on the roster. Um, it doesn't matter how much money he's making. You see the vibes in the stadium when he's playing. If they want to have a plan to play him only on the road, great. Um, I think playing him at home is a disaster and it's bad for everybody and everything. Aaron, part of Aaron Judge's job shouldn't be constantly picking up Aaron Hicks in the dugout. You know, we saw the nice gesture that he made when Hicks struck out in that big moment um, and Judge covered up the camera and gave him a pat on the back. Um, I don't want Aaron Judge wasting his captain duties on that. I want Aaron Judge being the captain of this team and helping the younger players out and motivating the other guys around him who are actually producing or who happen to fall into slumps. Aaron Hicks, who's been in a two and a half, three year slump. He's just not good. He's had very unfortunate, you know, unfortunately it's been very limited spurts of being good. Um, and I think that they make this decision before the end of the month. I really do. I love that. Uh, I mean, that's the only thing I have floating around for me. They make like, it. The question is just, are they going to do the, the really easy thing that I laid out where I think you lose Willie Calhoun if you do this. I don't, I don't think you're getting him back. Yeah. I, I was surprised he even managed. I don't know how they managed to get him to AAA at the start of the season, but I'm, I'm glad they did. They just did it again. They got Floreal through waivers. They just got Colton Brewer through waivers. He just reared and went back to Scranton. I don't know. I don't know who the Yankees are bribing to get this done, <laughs> but I, I you're not going to keep Willie Calhoun again. So if you cut him, you cut him, which was why – before Stan got hurt, you really had to sort of rack your brain a little bit and go, I mean, you're telling yourself, you know, someone's going to get hurt before this decision has to be made. So, you yeah. know, it's going to work out uh, and it it worked out with Giancarlo Stan being out for four to six to eight weeks. But before that, it was like, all right, Calhoun will go for Donaldson. Then when Bader comes back, it's either IKF, Hicks, a pitcher, question mark, which is counterproductive or... Franchi Cordero, who leads the team in RBI. And you're saying to yourself, if they, I don't know if Cordero is going to cool down. I don't know if this, this is obviously not sustainable. Maybe he's unlocked something. Maybe he hasn't. But imagine cutting that guy, your team leader in RBI, and letting Aaron Hicks continue to waffle around out here, who genuinely looks like a, he wore a spring training hat before one of the games against the Twins over the weekend. You look in Getty Images. One of the pictures is him before a Twins game wearing a hat with the spring training patch. It's a guy who does not care. Um, he looked yesterday specifically like uh, I compared him to a boyfriend who just got dumped, who goes to the <laughs> batting cages and just like tries to rip every 80 mile an hour fastball, 120 miles an hour back at the pitcher, but inevitably swings and misses. And then just like he, he was whipping the bat through the zone against pitches that were a foot up. And then after the AB was over swinging and missing these high fastballs, just agro male energy throwing his helmet on the ground and his bat letting it roll and walking around he finally passed the point of looking like he has no intensity to looking like he has way too much intensity like a guy that you just plucked off the bench at the gym and we're like you can hit right and the guy's like of course i can because nothing ever has gone wrong in the life of that white man then he tries to play baseball the helmet's too big so it's kind of blocking his eyes a little bit he can't he can't find the ball he can't figure out what he's doing wrong that's what Hicks looked like yesterday. Um, 
And he's looking more like Gary Sanchez last year where he has no idea what pitch is coming. It's like he's guessing before every single pitch and he's guessing wrong. He has a 0% success rate. Yeah, it's 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 incompetence. And I mean, it's always been incompetence. Again, I just I didn't want anybody to boo him before opening day even started. Yeah. yeah. But now now you can do whatever you want. I mean, yeah. okay. I'm sure the people who were saying that I was gatekeeping them are going to love that. But well, not uh, whatever you want. They threw batteries one time. So let's not maybe do that. Don't do that. And also, again, a guy on a podcast actually can't control your life. So if you were listening to this show, <laughs> waiting for me to give you permission to boo Aaron Hicks, then, I mean, you could have done whatever you wanted. Um, but he, yeah, he, I know, he officially, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you people all know. But he he officially has passed that point where, like, I'm not, I'm not going to boo anybody. But, like, if I were at a game and Aaron Hicks were getting booed, it's the most justifiable boo of the year yeah. so far. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the the pitching, the pitching shakes out a little differently. Um, I thought they were going to send Johnny Brito down after his disaster uh, in game one of the twin series. Two of the best starts to start a career you've ever seen with the New York Yankees. And then seven earned runs in two thirds of an inning. Uh, Colton Brewer comes in, gives up two more homers after that game. I think I assume they're going to demote Brito uh, and deal with the consequences and, and block his next start up with, a bullpen game or Matt Crook or Davey, like they bring up Weissert and then they'd send him down for a starter and they'd send the starter down and you'll see Brito in 15 days. But instead they dump Colton Brewer, uh, which is really helpful moving forward, especially now that he cleared waivers, because now there is an open spot on the 40 man roster. Sneakily enough, the Yankees never have that. If they want to add somebody else, they can, if they want to add somebody to the deadline, if they're able to maintain it through the whole first half, they don't have to lose anybody. Uh, but Weissert came up instead. Brito stays up, so presumably he makes his next start. Um, and I, I think as long as Severino uh, gets back in the next two weeks or so, I feel like they would be content to demote Weissert, move Schmidt to the bullpen, and keep Brito up in the rotation unless things go way off the rails. Uh, I don't know if I'm wrong here. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably the move. I'm not, I don't think Brito's bad start is an indictment on him. You knew no. something like that was going to have teams finally had film on him after two starts. You know, that that's how these things work. Obviously you're fresh um, for a guy like Brito. He did with the most of his two opportunities. You have to respect that. Um, someone figured him out for one day. He was, I mean, he was just leaving a lot of pitches in the zone. It could have just been a bad day. Um, but yeah, you're not going to be knocking this guy down after one bad start. Um, the way that I'm looking at it is like, have you gotten two impressive starts like that from Clark Schmidt in his career? You haven't. So if Clark Schmidt's getting this much run and this much opportunity and and these many, and this many chances, then you can't, you can't possibly demote Brito, um, at any, in any juncture. I think he'd be a great multi-inning option out of the bullpen if it came down to that too. So yeah, I think he stays, I think they give him uh, a, definitely a chance over Schmidt at this point. Um, Schmidt just can't pitch the first inning. Like that's the problem. You look at his splits, he gives up his first inning ERA is just, it's ghastly and that's his problem. And when you start games off like that, it's hard to dig out of that hole because you've either, you, you got your team, uh, trailing or you've re- you ran your pitch count high and you only have two or three innings left um, at most. Um, and Brito's shown that he can get beyond that and give you some longevity. So I think that that's probably the move as well. Yeah, I'm going to a Clark Schmidt start tomorrow against uh, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. That that should go well. Those, those guys usually bat in the first inning too, which is, uh, <laughs> which is exciting. It's exciting stuff. I, I think, I, I mean, I think that this almost writes, it's, you can write the easy version it's like I don't, you know, no, no succession spoilers, but this is a similar conversation uh, to last night's episode, where it's almost like you could write the easy version, right? You could just do Calhoun and Peraza and Weiser in a row, or you could do the harder version, the second track, where uh, you, you're finally giving Aaron Hicks his walking papers. If Harrison Bader comes back in a week and Aaron Hicks is gone, that is legitimately going to, you know, shake the foundation of this fandom, who I think has come to expect uh, way that less. That should happen. Franchi Cordero and Willie Calhoun outlasting Aaron Hicks this season is, is not what anybody expected. It's not even Rafael Ortega is already gone. Like it's not even the guy I thought would take his reps. It's a guy who was signed on opening day. Yeah. Insane. It's, it's pretty cool though. Um, well, speaking of, uh, speaking of the outfield picture, which, uh, you know, which lost a key, a key member yesterday, the John Carlos stand outfield experiment uh, has already come to an end again. Um, he, uh, this was inevitable. He got hurt on a uh, Saturday. It's, it was inevitable. He would get hurt 
The way he got hurt was probably, was easily, probably, easily the most annoying way he has gotten hurt yet. Uh, he hit a, what looked like a three-run home run to extend the lead from 4-1 to 7-1 in the eighth inning of Saturday's win. Uh, Michael Kay called it gone. He said a long home run for Stanton. It hit the top of the wall, not even really the top, kind of the middle. Uh, and Stanton accelerated between first and second, turning a home run trot into, I don't know, a light jog. He didn't sprint to second. He didn't really have to go crazy to get into second base. But whatever he did resulted in not just a hamstring strain, but a grade two hamstring strain. Uh, that is supposed to be four to six weeks, according to Marley Rivera. Best case scenario, I've seen four to eight. Giancarlo Stanton never has the best case scenario. Uh, so I think you're going to have to anticipate two plus months there. Uh, and again, he suffered it doing a, a task that should have been nominal for any major league outfielder. Uh, it, it is what it is. If I wasn't going to complain about injuries in March, sapping people of their Aprils, I'm not going to complain about injuries taking May away from Giancarlo Stanton because I know he needs to get back and he needs to be healthy for the postseason. Uh, that said, we saw last year, once once he loses his rhythm, he needs even longer to get that rhythm back. He never really got it back last year. He's going to have a longer runway this year, but we he, may, he basically missed the entire 2019 season, save for like 20 games with three different strains. Things that you honestly kind of want to look at him and go you could play through that though right i mean you never would in this scenario but no. when we got to the playoffs in 2019 it was like you're not gonna play with whatever you played through in game one where you homered you're not gonna play the next couple of games is the alcs um and and so you know i i've come to expect long layoffs and struggles when john carlos stanton returns so it's safe to expect that again yeah how could you not um We've gotten one true full season of John Carlos Stanton at this point. I think that's fair to say. Um, like one without any interruption with injury, and that was his debut season uh, back in 2018. Um, it's just a shame how this is. You can't even be aggravated at this point because um, that would just be wasting energy. Um, but it's still frustrating because like you said at the top of the episode when will when will the team finally be fully together when will we have a long stretch or even just a full season of these uh, of not having this many problems like you look around the league i'm sure there are a lot of other fan bases who would say hey we're dealing with a similar thing but yeah is it ever of this magnitude for any other team out there um the only thing i could think of is like the the um uh, the Braves 2021 season when they lost Acuna to the torn ACL and they still yeah. won it all. Um, and that was by a stroke of genius at the trade deadline with Alex Anthopoulos getting all of those players, all of whom who ended up producing pretty much as Acuna would anyway. Um, but the Yankees don't necessarily do that. Um, Stanton has time and time again proved to be an integral part of this lineup, uh, whether he's producing or not. You know, if he's producing... He's one of the most exciting hitters. He is, whenever he's hot, he's the hottest hitter on the team. Nobody's hotter than him. Like, Judge is consistent. Judge is the best player. But when Stanton's hot, like, it, it's it's unbelievable. It's it's one of the most fun things to watch. And it's it's one of the saving graces of this trade because the, the amount of times he's kicked the Red Sox's ass, the amount of times he's come alive to, you know, bring, uh, you know, bring us through these three-week hot stretches that, that dig us out of the depths, it's been incredible. Um, but again, it goes back to the trade when you made this deal, he's had knee problems, he's had injury problems. They sort of already had begun to transition him out from the defensive side when they first acquired him. He was healthy that entire first season and he played less than half of his games, um, in the outfield. Um, I think he's, it, it's sad how crucial he is to the lineup because he's not even the team's best hitter, even when he's hot, right? Like, I still think Judge Judge is obviously a better hitter. I would even argue that Anthony Rizzo is a better hitter, like all around, like works counts. Stanton doesn't necessarily work counts. He kind of just goes down or he homers on the first or second pitch. Like that's just his MO. Um, but the padding in the lineup is, and the fear with opposing pitchers is where his value truly comes in. And it's insane to think that that's what $325 million will buy you, but that's been the reality. Um, 
this is the Yankees' fault first and foremost. You know, with this trade, they inherited this contract. They knew what the situation was, um, and they've got it. They've honestly gotten the raw end of the deal up until this point. I know Stanton came alive and had that 2020 postseason. Um, I know he's had two, you know, full-ish great regular seasons, but you need MVP caliber play from a guy that you're acquiring for that amount of money. Um, or at the very least, just to play both sides of the ball. And I know he started doing that at the beginning of the season, and now you get an injury decelerating on your jog to second base. It's just like, come on, man. Um, I hope he recovers fast. I, I know this is fresh. This is frustrating for him more as someone who's injured. Um, you know, it's it's frustrating. It, it you, you know you you look at you look at the scenario from a big picture and you just want to be healthy. You want to be out there, you know, with your teammates and you want to be performing. So I know that this is the worst for him, but you know, for the fans who love watching him perform and they know what the potential is when he's there for a full, you know, 150 games. Um, now he's going to miss two months. You know, it's two months, you know, yeah. it's two months. So this team has to get by without him. I like that. Um, Bader's coming back relatively soon. I like French Cordero in the DH spot. If that's what, you know, the, the, the range of flexibility that they go with, and then they have Oswaldo in the outfield. Um, maybe that helps you get rid of Hicks faster. I don't know. But yeah, frustrating. I'm I'm not happy, but I'm not going to let it eat me alive. Exactly. And and Stanton, for all that we'll say about cost benefit analysis, was the trade worth it? He has been a stand up guy since coming here. Been great, great personality. He, he has been the opposite of Aaron Hicks. Like, and and he could be Aaron Hicks, right? 100%. He he is always hurt, and it's not it's not even being levied in this case as a criticism. He he gets hurt all the time in in myriad ways but most of them related to his soft tissue and a different guy could be very i'm sure he is very frustrated in private but he could be very frustrated in public and he's not really he's there when they need him to be the media who wants to get grilled by the media over and over again about the same soft tissue injury and you could see aaron boone hinting at it yesterday when he was like he is trying and he is trying and it is not working like and and i'm sure that the question he gets from people who don't know better is why can't you fix your legs? What's happening? <laughs> why, why do your muscles keep getting hurt? Aren't you jacked? And I'm sure that a certain point, uh, you know, that over and over and over again would send somebody else, a lesser man into a fugue state. Uh, and Aaron Hicks, I, I, well, what are people even doing to Aaron Hicks? I don't, I don't even think anyone, people weren't even questioning Aaron Hicks. He did it to himself. And now they're questioning him because he can't yeah. play and he doesn't seem to care. Uh, Stan has done everything right and it just keeps biting him. Um, but yeah, I mean, that does open up DH reps for Franchi Cordero, uh, which is the silver lining. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, there's flexibility here. Like we said, we, it's good that you have guys that could play. You have other guys who could play the outfield. You have guys who could play multiple infield spots. Um, they talked about moving Bader to left. I don't know if that's still a possibility, but if they're more comfortable with Bader and left judge and center, and Oswaldo and right, maybe that's the scenario that works for the time being. Who knows? It's, I, only, it's I, only a month or two. I don't want to stop with Oswaldo. I also do uh, want to mention Andres Chaparro, mm. who is not on the 40-man roster, uh, whose ceiling might just be guy who bashes, and that's okay. Maybe he's not a third baseman. Maybe he's a DH. Maybe he's a bench bat. Maybe he takes eighth inning ABs. Uh, but he started off the season 0 for 29, uh, he got his first hit, a home run, cool, uh, to push his average up to 032. That was a week ago. Since then, he has five more homers. He's already up to 200 on the season. He hit oh. 471 last week. So the Yankees have an open 40-man spot. Depending on how long the stand injury is, it's going to be long. If Shaparo keeps playing like this, maybe they finally take advantage of it. And if... Uh, you really want to just maybe maybe do it quickly because you feel like Chaparro's bat as a DH is a higher upside than Willie Calhoun as a fill-in outfielder. I would also welcome that. Yeah, I would too. Uh, we've wanted, you know, we wanted spring training for him was unbelievable. Um, and I, uh, like we said, we're not sure where he fits in defensively. Uh, people were calling for him to take Josh Donaldson's job at third, but I think I don't think he's a third baseman. They've since transitioned him to first. Um, backup first baseman though, potentially coming off the bench. Why not? You don't know. You know what's crazy is like they could just get rid of Donaldson too. You don't notice this fucking team without Don. Like you don't. I forgot Josh Donaldson exists existed over the last week. Yeah, and it's like why can't we just keep that? Why can't we just not have Josh Donaldson? Not have Aaron Hicks? It's just money. 
two guys on this team got injured jogging to bases. Stanton jogging into second and and Josh Donaldson. I mean, watching a pop-up get caught <laughs> running to first was too much stress on Josh Donaldson's hamstring. Uh, so we'll, yeah, I don't, I don't miss him at all. We'll see. He has two hits this year. Um, I adding him adds a worse player to the roster. So that just is what it is at this cool. point in time. Um, and if you believe Josh Donaldson's return will make the Yankees worse and you want to put your money where your mouth is, New users in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut with DraftKings can get a nice deal thanks to Yanks Go Yard, which is also coincidentally your code. If you're a new user in those three states, you can bet $5 on any sport, get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. Again, the code is Yanks Go Yard, no spaces. Minimum of $5 deposit and wager required. New customers only 21 plus and present in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Gambling problem? Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In New Jersey, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms of DraftKings.com or in the description below on the video. Make sure to check that out. Speaking of uh, things that probably got gamblers infuriated, uh, Domingo Herman almost threw a perfect game on Saturday. I, I'm sure that all Yankee rivals who are listening to this podcast are like, they better talk about the fact that Domingo Herman was cheating and should have gotten kicked out of the game, aren't they? Yeah, we'll do it at the 33-minute mark. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Kind of torn on this one. Uh, Rocco Baldelli uh, calls for his expulsion in, in the, between the third and fourth. Um, the umpire was shown saying, wash your hands which Twins fans think is the smoking gun. At this point, Herman is in the middle of three perfect innings. Uh, he ultimately carried a couple more perfect innings before getting it, uh, getting in trouble in midway through the game, getting in trouble again, getting out of it both times. Uh, one of his inherited runs was allowed by Michael King, but he was fantastic. Uh, the umpire encountered excess rosin on his hand a second time. What the Yankees say is he likes to go to the rosin bag in the dugout instead of on the mound whatever uh the smoking gun is that he still had some on after he was told to wash it off again we're acting like it's impossible that there was no way he washed his hands but didn't get it all off his thumb i'm not gonna act like that regardless there are worse things you can do than putting rosin on your hands but rocco baldelli does have a right to be upset if the umpires told him to clear it off and it wasn't cleared off after the way we saw the umpires treat the Yankees in Cleveland, it's downright shocking that the umpires did not pounce on the opportunity to eject a Yankee. Yeah. Um, they certainly had that chance. And so for Rocco Baldelli to not see that happen, I understand why he was angry too. I don't know if this rose to the level of, you know, nine alarm fire, Michael Pineda, pine tar on his neck. But I, if, if a, a Twins fan's going to tell me they got ripped off, I'm going to smile and nod because I understand it. Yeah, I mean, grow up. First of all, we've seen Domingo Herman pitch like that before. He does yeah. every fourth start. You're like, holy shit, this guy is like, this guy's like a number three starter. This is great. And then all the other starts in between, you're like, what is he doing here? Um, so are we really going to sit here and think Rosin truly made the difference with his ability to pitch that day? I don't think so. Um, first of all, Rosin's legal. So there were no foreign substances on him. He wasn't cheating. Um, secondly, if you can't hit Domingo Herman after kind of talking <laughs> shit after those first two games, then jokes on you. Um, and lastly, once again, I'm watching Sunday night baseball last night. What are they talking about? They're talking about Framber Valdez, Framber Valdez. I love him. Lefty fellow lefty love watching him pitch. He by far, by far in the entire made in, in the entire major leagues per the ESPN broadcast, has the most curveball spin out of anybody. Not even close. Still, things are going down there in Houston. You know, Justin Verlander leaves Houston, immediately loses his control, then gets injured, starts the season on the IL. Yeah, Framber Valdez, who's still twirling whatever fucking 4,000 RPMs on his curveball. Um, there's bigger topics to talk about in regard to foul play in in um, in this domain. Um I don't fault Rocco Baldelli for being upset there. Um, you're the manager. You're fighting for your squad. You want to, you want, you, whatever was ordered by the umpire should have been done. Um, so I guess maybe if Herman disobeyed, we have a, a theoretical problem. Um, but also, 
if he washes his hands and then goes back to the rosin bag, which he's allowed to do, he's still going to have rosin on his hands. So like, I don't know. Um, I didn't get too tied up in this whole thing because I thought it was stupid. And I don't, again, it's Domingo Herman, like an, a, a little bit of extra rosin on Domingo Herman's hand is not making Domingo Herman an ace. It's not making, it's not, it's not, it's not creating a, a gap in the competitive advantage that that's unimaginable. Um, so again, Grow up politely. Um, right to be mad, sure, if you're the opponent. Also, right to just hit the ball after talking shit. Carlos Correa said the booze are the gasoline to his Ferrari, and then he goes 0 for 8 after that. Um, nobody could fucking hit Garrett Cole yesterday. Nobody even touched him. So clearly it was the Twins plateaued offensively at that point in the series after the Saturday. Um they blew their load talking all the shit, making that comeback um, against Clay Holmes, or I'm sorry, on the Friday. Um, and then they got punked. And if you're going to tell me that Domingo Herman, you know, the, the twins had gotten to the bullpen multiple times before um, before that Domingo Herman start. So they still had two two and two thirds innings to do it, and they didn't do it. Not the, uh, yeah, the, the RPMs on Domingo Herman, they, they barely went down. They went down to the point of just like maybe the RPMs went down over the course of the game because he was tired. Um, that, yeah. that twins gotcha was, uh, was crazy, but yeah, yeah no, I, I hear what Rocco Baldelli saying. Yeah, of course it's his job. Respect. It's I respect him doing his job. Um, it's by no means an excuse for why you lost the game. No. And he did say he was going to be brief and explaining it after the game. And then he went on an uncut eight minute rant <laughs> describing Domingo Herman's fingers, which is the he longest video I've back, ever yeah. seen. Longest video I've ever seen on Twitter. Obviously, the, the Twins Broadcast Network subscribes to Twitter Blue because I don't know how else you get an eight minute video up there. Um, so uh, and the, the, if this Twins thing, by the way, someday this Twins thing will end. Someday the Yankees won't dominate the Twins. Someday they won't live in the Twins' heads all the time. But if it wasn't this series, when is it going to happen? The Twins scored nine runs in the first inning of the first game of the series. The Twins beat Clay Holmes in the eighth inning and ruined a game where Anthony Volpe and Aaron Judge went back-to-back to start the game. The first two Yankees batters homered. Volpe's first career homer. Yankees only get one run across the board for the rest of the game, and the bullpen blows it, and it's Carlos Correa. The Twins take the first two games of the series. Third one, Domingo Herman destroys you. And fourth one, Garrett Cole, complete game shutout. You're right, the gas in the Ferrari. The tank ran out, and they decided not to replace it between games two and three. Apparently, two wins was enough. I think it's it's worth just sort of reflecting on the fact that, like, if the Twins aren't going to win this four-game series in New York, that really speaks volumes. Someday it's going to happen, but how did it not happen this past weekend? They put a regular fuel in the Ferrari, I think, and not the premium. Yeah. So Carlos Correa has no idea how to drive shift. He was like, <laughs> he, he drive a stick. He was like, wait a second. Sorry. I, I have no clue. What, I don't know. He clicked into Tiptronic by accident, and he was just going 10 miles an hour. Yeah, he sits behind the wheel of Ferrari. He's like, I'm actually very scared to drive a Ferrari. I don't want to <laughs> damage. This is an expensive car. Can somebody put me in a Taurus, please? Um Garrett Cole yesterday put him in a Taurus, in fact. Oh, baby. Um, oh, it was very nice that he was the final out of Garrett Cole's complete game shutout. Uh, complete game shutout that was basically almost never in doubt. He didn't strike out a lot of Guardians in his third start. The Guardians just don't strike out. But he got back to the double digits yesterday. Uh, his ERA through four starts is now under one on the season. Uh, is Garrett Cole underrated? Feels like a silly question. But then again. He deserves to be mentioned among baseball's top five pitchers at this point. Maybe top three. He's your AL Cy Young favorite. It's been four starts. Everybody knows it's April 17th. But also all Yankee fans and haters know he has never looked this good for the New York Yankees across four starts. Um, and it all comes after uh, what the Twins did to Brito, what the Twins did to Clay Holmes, Look at what Cole and Herman and Nestor Cortez did to them. Clearly, that's a good offense uh, that he managed to completely shut down. Everyone knows the Guardians are a good offense. So if you want to say, oh, it's just the Giants and on opening day. Well, it was the Phillies, Guardians, and Twins after that. The Yankee schedule has been rough. It does not get any easier. Here come the Angels and here come the Blue Jays. Cole looking the best he ever has. And it comes off that winter where he was not on the top 10 starter Ballots, MLB Network, just saying, yeah, he's a top fifteen guy. Uh, this is uh, this is Garrett Cole's 
uh, crowning achievement so far in Yankee uniform. Yes, it's just April, but uh, it's been a joy to watch. Yeah, I think we did this. Well, particularly I've been part of doing this in terms of underrating him because I've complained about him since not day one, probably like after his first like two months in pinstripes, I was like, oh, they paid him a lot of money, but we needed an ace. So you got to pay whatever you got to pay because this is New York and that's what we do. And then you find out they outbid themselves by all that money. And you're like, what are you doing, man? Like, come on, can you conduct good business? And then it's it's a little bit, you know, you run into the shortened season. Things got complicated. The frustrations were mounting because the team wasn't entirely healthy. You didn't get the performances you needed from the right guys. Um, and we forgot, I think, for a time that playing in New York takes a little bit of adjusting. You would have hoped that paying somebody that much money, there would be no adjustment period. But I think for Garrett Cole, there might have been a little bit. You know, he came in during a hectic time during the shortened season dealt with injuries in 2021, um, tried to get back on 20 in 2022. And it was, it was a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, maybe it took three years. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what he needed. But, um, you know, we sat here, a lot of fans actually, you know, after that start in Fenway in the wild card game, people were pissed. People were rightfully pissed. Um, you lose to your most hated rival on their turf after being the better team for most of the year. Um, all you needed to do was win one, extra game that year. And Garrett Cole had a lot of stinkers that season, which kind of put us in that position. If you really look back and nitpick about how everything unfolded. Um, but yeah, this is the best he's looked. And, you know, funny enough for as much as I've complained about Garrett Cole, um, I've watched a lot of his starts. So I felt like I've had the right to complain about Garrett Cole, but I've watched in their entirety, the start against the Astros where he threw 128 pitches, complete game. And I watched the entirety of yesterday. Um, and I love when he's dialed in. And the big reason I complain about him is because I know that he's capable of doing that shit. Um, his post-game interview, uh, not really inspiring. Uh, still has trouble answering regular questions for whatever reason. I'd love to ask him about that. Um, it takes him a while to respond to just very rudimentary questions. Hey, how are you feeling today? What'd you have? You know, what what, what was the difference today, Meredith Morakovic says. And he's like, ah, uh, hmm. I... Uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, and then it's just like a bunch of that. So it's like, yeah, you just pitched a fucking complete game. Like, just show me you're pumped because I see you walking off the mound. I see you huffing and puffing. You know, the previous start, he told Aaron, Aaron Boom is about to come out, and he's like, no, one more batter. I want in. Like, that's what I want from him, and that's what I know he's capable of. And maybe I'm unfairly holding him to a higher standard, but he makes a ton of money. We've seen him at his best elsewhere. Time to see him at his best here. This is, yeah, inarguably the greatest stretch he's had as a Yankee. Um, obviously, we're not going to crown him anything because it's April, but I love that this is the start to his season. I love that, you know, getting off on the right foot, maybe just creating a new narrative for the new year um, after the the peaks and, and troughs over the last couple seasons. So um, it, it, it's really encouraging to see, and I think that people can maybe lay off of him a little bit in terms of, you know, making the, all the money and not being the true ace. I think he's on his way to maybe establishing himself as the unquestioned ace. And like you said, maybe there was a lot of motivational um, stuff resulting from the snubs, from the meaningless offseason lists um, and the meaningless offseason discourse. Um, but, yeah, you look at it like right now, who's better than him? Like right now, who literally is in the AL? Justin, uh, you know, Justin Verlander's not in the AL anymore. Oh, you Andrew Heaney. <laughs> Andrew Heaney's been, yeah. Um, Otani's been solid, but he hasn't been this spectacular. Uh, maybe uh, Luis Castillo, who almost, you know, flirted with a perfect game the other day or a no-hitter. Um, but Cole's consistency and the manner in which he dialed in, like his trusting his stuff. A lot of issues with Garrett Cole was like, you kind of didn't know if he fully trusted his arsenal. And the way that he attacked the Twins yesterday, to me, was truly you know, strategic and tactical. And that's what yeah. we need out of him. He needs to just be confident in his stuff, let it fly and do his thing. Um, and the closer he gets to that comfortability, the more we'll be talking about this and the less we'll be complaining. The 2021 wildcard game stinker was just, it was what we deserved that year. Like it was so, horrible, but who wanted to see the 2021 Yankee season continue? Certainly not me. Yeah. Um, and there was no more appropriate way for it to end than Garrett Cole just being bad at Fenway and being bad early. So we didn't really even have to think about it. We we're like, yep. All right. Well, there goes the tie and uh, let's not think about it anymore. Um, he is, I, I would put his start right up there with that Astros game. 
yesterday. I, I would say it was a little bit better because he saved himself 20 pitches. He was in yeah. less of a bind yesterday. That was that was effortless. Uh, and I thought the A-B late in the game against Byron Buxton in the seventh inning, when he's already gone, he's, we're in the seventh inning here. Byron Buxton's one of the best hitters in baseball. He doesn't. He, there's no way he could have more tricks up his sleeve. But somehow... <laughs> He goes knuckle curve low and away, swing and a miss. Knuckle curve even lower and further away, swing and a miss. Then right when everyone in the universe thinks he's like, all right, he doesn't have any more pitches to waste. He's tripling up on the knuckle curve here. Like, why would he risk it? It's a seventh inning of a long game. He he dots the same corner with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Buxton just had to give it gave up. I, I, I audibly gasped at how perfect that pitching was. Um, cause I'm a big loser, but shout out to Garrett Cole. Cause that was a, uh, that was an incredible start. And in terms of people who were ranked ahead of him on the meaningless lists, look at Alec Manoa who made all these meaningless lists, uh, 6.98 ERA so far this year, most walks in baseball 15 that leads all starting pitchers. Um, and he, uh, he used this off season to say Garrett Cole was the biggest cheater in baseball for fun. Uh, I remember we said show? that. He said that on a cooking show. On OG Ananubi's cooking show or something. Oh, or Abaka has a cooking show where oh, he like Baca. makes you eat. He like makes you eat bugs. Um, I don't know. It seems like a bad show. Uh, but yeah, best of luck to uh, Alec Manoa who can't seem to figure it out quite yet. Uh, before we go, I also just want to announce that the Yankees have announced additional promo items. What? They love uh, the fans have loved promo items. I was at Tino Martinez bobblehead day on Friday. Did you get uh, it? I did get it, and I showed up at uh, – <laughs> the game was game was at 7 o'clock, and I said, how early do I have to show up to get this? I don't really know, so I'm just going to try three. Uh, <laughs> three was too early. It was too early. They're like, get uh, the so, fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, there was no line. There there were like three people in the, in the lane for Yankee Stadium tours. Um, so I went and got a couple of beers at the Bronx Draft House, which uh, – I think a lot of you know, Yankee fans will show Billy's love. They'll show, uh, uh, you know, Sands love. But Bronx Draft has one block up, left turn. The food is better. The, the vibe is great. So two beers. I walked back down, got a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, four ten now. And there were already 18K people got these. I want to say there were already 500 people in line at 410. Maybe that's a slight overestimation, but there was a huge line outside the Hard Rock Cafe, which if you people don't know, they let you in before the gates open. You can get bobbleheads there and then go have dinner at the Hard Rock Cafe. The problem is you are stuck in the Hard Rock Cafe like it's a pen for animals who showed up early to get their bobbleheads. (laughs) That said... Uh, I did not do that. I watched probably a thousand or fifteen hundred people, maybe two k, going to the Hard Rock entrance. Uh, by four thirty, there was another fifteen hundred people behind me. By four forty-five, you're already done. No chance. I, I mean, at least four thousand people in a line that I could not see the end of. So the fans love these promotions, and the Yankees just added eight. I'm gonna guess that these are gonna be tough. These are going to be tough for you fine folks who are going to have to pull the three o'clock gambit if you want them. August 3rd, Aaron Judge basketball jersey night. Only 18K of those. And uh, August 20th and September 23rd, Roger Maris 61 bobblehead and Aaron Judge 62 bobblehead. They go together on the same base. They look at each other. The graphic doesn't mention how many of those are given away. If they want to be cool, they'll make it all fans. But they're not going to be. They're not going to do. It'll it'll be uh it'll be another 18k, and you're going to want to get there by uh those might if those are afternoon games you're screwed. Oh, you're if fucked. Those yeah. are night games. You're 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Dodger yeah. Stadium had an all fan giveaway when I went a couple weeks ago. They gave away sweatshirts to everybody. Every single all fan, fan was great. It was awesome. Dodgers. I was looking at Dodgers promos this week too. Don't ask me why. Um, and they have Good like point. uh. Have a Vin Scully jersey tomorrow that looks great, and I think it's the same deal. I think it's like readily obtainable. But today, there was like a there was a Hello Kitty night that if if you wanted the Hello yeah. Kitty uh, giveaway, it was already sold out. You can't wow. get it. Yeah, can't do it. Can't do it. All fans is the way to go. Now, will the Yankees ever do it? No, but they'll let you sneak into the Hard Rock Cafe until they listen to this podcast and shut that down. But either way, 
Uh, all <laughs> pro items all summer long uh, for the fans. The Yankees clearly listening and responding. And hopefully they stay in it when uh, they become whole again. We'll see when that happens. Uh, but for now, 10 and 6, no series L's, five series deep, could certainly be in worse shape. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. You can find us on Twitter at YanksGoYardFS. You can find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern, all podcast platforms right afterwards. Apple, Spotify, Overcast. I, I feel like most podcast names are puns on the word cast. I'm not even sure if that was a real one, but if you have another podcast platform, we're there. Drop us a five-star review if you get the chance. Again, no less than five stars. Unless, if you really want to, you can send it to us in a private message. That guy who was refreshing the same one-star review over and over and over again hasn't done that in a while. But Man. if you listen all the way through here, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, Thomas Carinante, where can the fine people find you? I'm back, folks, at Tommy's underscore takes. Like Adam said, we're also at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Please head on over to YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of content there for you. Um, and don't forget about DraftKings. Head on over there, code Yanks Go Yard uh, if you're a first time better. Um, or just want to create a new account with like your cousin's name or your wife's name. I might do it with my wife's email. You never know. She'll probably get pissed at that. Um, sure. But yeah, we'll talk to you again uh, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. That'll be a couple hours before the series uh, series finale against the Angels that day at 4.05. Um, and then we head into the weekend against the Blue Jays. So let's have some fun, guys. Come on. Blue Jays series, first real big home series of the year outside of the opening series. The Philly series was a little uh, wet in comparison to what it was supposed to be. It was cold. Bryce Harper wasn't there. Phillies were bad. But the Blue Jays series should be extremely lit. And the sun appears to be writing itself by then. Tomorrow's going to be gross, too. Why am I going? Great question. Uh, maybe I don't go. I think I'm currently going, though. Um, but by the weekend, it should be beautiful. Everybody show out to see the Yankees take on the Jays. And until uh, Thursday's pod, when we'll take you through the first couple games of the Angels series, Angels bullpen getting used up right now at Fenway because Shohei got taken out due to a rain delay. We will see you to wrap it all up. Take care, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.